Hello everyone. You'll notice if you are watching, you'll immediately notice that this is a little bit different than normal. Uh, if you're listening, you'll notice that I am the only voice today. That's because we had some breaking news that came out last night about abortion rights in America, which we'll get to very shortly. Um, and being a podcast, being uh, a group of influencers with with a growing audience, we thought it was our responsibility to get the news out as soon as possible to those that listen to us um, and to spread awareness on this issue. But you'll notice it's just me today. That's because Gage is away with exams. He doesn't get done until the end of the week, and there was no way that he could make it. Um, I'm recording this at about 10.30 Tuesday morning, and the, the news broke like last night at like, what, 10 or 11 uh, Eastern time. So you're stuck with me today, but I wanted to make sure that we get this news out as soon as possible um, just to get everyone informed and caught up and get ahead of the news cycle because for some reason, every time we, we drop an episode of the pod, uh, we miss the news cycle by like two or three days, and it happened again because we record on Sundays, and major news tends to break like Monday and Tuesday. Bizarre. I don't know why it happens that way, but that's just the way that it goes. So I wanted to make sure we get this news out as soon as possible. So that's what we're going to be doing here today. Um, don't worry, the week's normally scheduled content is still coming out tomorrow, but again, we felt this was important enough to make an emergency podcast and get this information out to you. And I'll link the political article that I'm going to be going through below. It details everything that has to do with this story. It's where the information first leaked. Um, but it's very important because we've been talking about abortion rights for a long time on this show. And this is, I think, a culmination of really everything we've been raising the alarm bells about. Um, it seems almost certain now that abortion rights are going to be completely upended, completely overturned within a few months, probably before the end of the year. And that's scary for a lot of people. And I want to run through the story really quickly. What I'm going to try to do is offer you all of the um, main major points of the story, catch you up to date on what the political article is about if you missed it or didn't read it or haven't seen it yet, whatever it may be. Then I'll also try to offer you some suggestions on how to navigate the media ecosystem that's naturally going to spawn out of this issue. It already really has. You already see people on the right and the left talking about it quite a bit, but I want to give you some advice, give you some strategies, and um, we can navigate through it together. And we'll be talking about this on the next week's episode, I'm sure. Uh, tomorrow's episode, like I said, won't include any talk on this because we recorded it literally a day before the news dropped. But I'm sure the following week, whatever date that is, I don't know off the top of my head, the next Wednesday, we'll be talking about this for sure. But I wanted to get out in front of it now, get it covered, and get it into your ears as soon as possible. So apologies, you're stuck with me for today. Uh, Gage couldn't make it again, but um, I will try to deliver the news the best that I can. So let's get into it here. As many of you probably already know by now, a pre-written court opinion leaked last night. It was authored by Justice Samuel Alito, which is one of the most conservative justices, if you don't know. And the opinion basically was drawing out the plan or strategy to overturn Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood, or Casey v. Planned Parenthood. Those are the two uh, major Supreme Court cases that uphold abortion rights in this country. And for those of you that don't know, the Supreme Court always writes opinions alongside their decisions. Um, it can be a, I think it's called a concurring opinion or the majority opinion that uh, justices write. When they are in agreement with the decision of the court, then, of course, you have dissenting opinions that uh, justices may write if they disagree with the opinion of the court or the vote of the court. And this is a leaked draft of what seems to be a majority opinion 
written by Justice Alito, which is interesting to me. I don't know how often justices like pre-write their decisions, but it seems that he is writing a decision. There's a draft of a decision before a court case is even heard, which is bizarre to me because you would think that with the way that we set up the Supreme Court, people or justices would want to hear the case before they offer an opinion on it. But it just goes to show you that they've already made up their minds and that the 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 process of actually having a case come to the Supreme Court and having there be hearings is really just theater at this point, as the Supreme Court really always has been. Not an apolitical body, but we will get into that. Um, I'm going to try to outline Alito's main arguments here and the main themes that I've seen circulating throughout social media and also just within the article that I'll be referencing. Um, The first main theme is that because abortion is found nowhere in the Constitution, it shouldn't be protected. And Roe v. Wade subsequently was incorrectly decided. Uh, He says specifically, quote, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak and the decision had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement on the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. The inescapable conclusion is that the right to an abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history. Couple things here. You'll see later on when I get into it that he will say that as a justice, he is in no position to determine what the national reaction will be like to his decisions. Yet, he's saying right here that it's important to note that Roe and Casey have deepened division. And I'll also get into this a little bit later, but the Roe v. Wade decision is incredibly popular. Like 70%, 69% of the U.S. population supports abortion rights or supports the Roe v. Wade decision in this country. There is division, but a lot of it is manufactured, and a lot of it is the Republican Party using the issue to mask the fact that they don't actually believe in anything and that they don't actually have any real policies that would actually help people. Um, abortion, similar to gun rights, is one of those issues they use to galvanize the base and not actually have to do their job. Um, but but we'll get there. And also, he says, the inescapable conclusion is that the right to an abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions. Slavery was a tradition in the United States. I mean, when the Constitution was written, it said that black people were considered three-fifths of a person. I don't really care what the Constitution has to say about this issue. Um, It's just, it's an excellent example of how our documents and our political structures need to be malleable and flexible enough to protect people's rights. They shouldn't be used to take people's rights away. And again, this is all within the context that the conservatives claim to love small government apparently except when they can decide what happens with women's bodies. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, and a lot of people have already said this on social media, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw things like Obergefell v. Hodges, which was the gay marriage decision, or if we saw the interracial marriage decision, I think that was Loving v. Virginia, um, if we saw those two cases be overturned pretty soon too and kicked back to the states. Neither of those are enshrined in the Constitution. Neither of those are protected by law. We've relied on Supreme Court decisions to protect those rights. Marriage, in fact, I don't think is mentioned anywhere in the Constitution, yet we protect it uh, within our laws, and the Supreme Court has also protected the right to marry. Yet, based on this decision and based on the arguments that Alito is using in his document, it seems like those are up for grabs as well, um, which is really bad for people that are living in red states. Uh, But his second main argument, kind of what I already alluded to, is that it's a state's rights issue. Um, he seems to want to defer this entire issue to states, which we all know historically 
has been an infallible method of protecting civil liberties. Nothing has ever gone wrong when we kick something back to the states. In fact, there wasn't a major war or anything over the issue of quote unquote states' rights. Um, and they want to act as though state governments, for some reason, they have this concept that state governments can't also be tyrannical. Like you'll see, you'll hear them say, you'll hear them say all the time that the federal government is can be tyrannical and can be oppressing against all groups. And that is true. The, the federal government, the government in general can be very oppressing. But that also, that same logic also applies to state governments. Just because they're lower on the totem pole, one step lower, mind you, but just because they're lower than the federal government doesn't mean that they don't also have the ability to oppress people. We've seen horrible state laws. Jim Crow laws were most prevalent in the South. Those were state laws. The federal government wasn't making those laws. It was the state oppressing people. And my point here is that people in Texas are going to feel the crushing weight of a decision like this and laws that would restrict abortion all the same, regardless of if it's a Texas law or if it's a law adopted by the federal government. It won't really make a difference to those people. The state is not something that should have the power to regulate how people use their bodies. We've said this lots and lots of times in the pod. It is ridiculous to think that any state, whether it be federal government or individual states, should be able to decide what you do with your body. Both have political power and both have immense power over individuals. And it's 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 scary to think that they want to put this kind of power into, into the hands of any kind of government. Uh, he also, Samuel Alito, he also goes on to use the term abortionists when describing nurses and doctors that do abortions, which is strange because it's a part of their job. Like it's, it's, it's a medical procedure. So I don't know why they would try to use some kind of derogatory term. It's similar to how they say now that critical race theory is just being black. <laughs> like I don't, I don't really know. They just like come up with these kind of derogatory or uh, assault insulting terms to try to minimize or like infantilize their opposition when really it's just doctors and nurses doing their job. If there's any other worker that like refused to do their job for some reason, they would say that they should just be fired. But if a doctor refused to do an abortion, they would hail them as a hero. It's ridiculous. Uh, the third main theme, uh, which I already kind of touched on, was that Roe and Casey were egregiously wrong, uh, decided egregiously wrong. He cites Plessy v. Ferguson specifically, which is the Supreme Court case that legalized segregation. Um, he says this is evidence on how courts can make wrong decisions. Of course, courts can make wrong decisions. We've covered courts making wrong decisions a lot on this pod. That isn't a revelation by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, this argument that, well, Plessy v. Ferguson was wrong, so Roe v. Wade can also be wrong, is is ridiculous, honestly, because any Supreme Court decision or any court decision in general could be wrong. You're not making an argument. Any decision could have been wrong. That's not basis for overturning a decision. It's it's just absurd. He eventually gets into how Brown v. Board eventually overturned Plessy v. Ferguson, but that was the court extending civil rights, not retracting them, which is a very important point. Brown v. Board of Education undid legal discrimination. Plessy v. Ferguson implemented legal discrimination. He wants to undo Roe v. Wade to take away civil rights. That's really all this is. And trying to equivocate the state control of pregnancy and the end of legal segregation is kind of ridiculous to me. Like, am I the only one that is seeing these two be compared and thinking like, 
I don't think these are really the same things. I don't think you can really compare state discrimination, state segregation, and state control of pregnancy. If anything, both of those things should not be allowed. And he also, Alito goes on to try to use the very old argument that um, if you care about racism, then you should care that a disproportionate number of abortions are black babies. Now, this is true, but ask yourself why. What is it that you think motivates abortions? What, what do you think incentivizes people or pushes people towards making a decision that they have to get an abortion for their pregnancy? If black people in this country weren't disproportionately poorer than white people, do you think this trend would still exist? Probably not. Abortions are utilized by those that are the least financially stable. They're utilized by people that don't have enough financial resources to give birth to a child, to take care of a child, or even go through the process of being pregnant for nine months to begin with. Conservatives fundamentally cannot examine the underlying causes of an issue like this. Because the solution, if you want less black babies to be aborted, is not to ban abortions, it's to lift people out of economic depravity. I would agree that it is indicative of a larger issue that more black babies are aborted than white babies, for example, or a disproportionate number of black babies are aborted when compared to white babies. That does speak to a real issue that exists. But the issue is not access to an abortion. The issue, again, is economic inequality between these two groups. Those, the rates would even out if there wasn't an economic disparity. But there is. Um, but again, conservatives just fundamentally don't know how to analyze any real situation. Um, the fourth and final theme that I'll mention here is that he tries to claim, Samuel Alito tries to claim that the court is apolitical. And he tries to say at the time of Roe, at the time that Roe v. Wade was decided, uh, the public, political movements were influencing the court. And this is just an absolute fucking joke because no body of government, whether it be Congress or the presidency or your state legislature or whatever it may be, no body of government is ever removed from cultural influences. It isn't possible. Government and politics are an extension of how the public feels. It is always going to be influenced by public opinion. In fact, I would argue that right now, all of this is happening because of cultural influences. In 1973, when Roe v. Wade was decided, it was a lot of Republican justices that were voting on the side of affirming abortion rights. Republican appointed justices that were voting on the side of affirming abortion rights. Yet, today, I don't think a single Republican appointed judge will vote on the side of affirming abortion rights or protecting Roe v. Wade because culture has changed. And the Republican Party is now ubiquitously against abortion, which I will remind you, in the past they were not. One of their heroes, Ronald Reagan, was actually pro-abortion, or maybe not pro-abortion, but pro-safe abortion, at the very least pro-access to abortion. But Alito specifically says, quote, We do not pretend to know how our political system or society will respond to, to today's decision overruling Roe and Casey. And even if we could foresee what will happen, we have no authority to let that knowledge influence our decision. This is, it's nonsense. It's nonsense to assume that, or to even posit that the Supreme Court could be apolitical in any kind of capacity. They never have been. They never will be. It is impossible to remove them from cultural influences. They exist within culture. There's nothing you can do about that. But a little aside, apparently within this court opinion, or maybe this was just um, like rumored to, to have been heard from Amy Coney Barrett, but she said that because cultural feelings have changed towards adoption, pregnant women don't need to get an abortion anymore. It's not necessary to protect abortion rights because you can just legally relinquish control of your child and move on with your life. 
this directly contradicts what Alito was saying, by the way, about cultural influences and being able to make Supreme Court decisions based on those cultural influences. But it's also just generally insane to think that you or the state, the state should be able to force a woman, any individual woman to go through with their pregnancy all the way. I mean, I don't I don't, like I don't know how else to frame this. It is just absolutely insane to think that the state should have that kind of power and like it just shows you that they don't care about small government of course um i think that about sums it up on alito's leaked document and you may be asking well what now uh as of today nothing really this is only a draft of a uh court opinion so it's not as if this goes into effect right now or roe v wade is immediately gone but this does basically guarantee that Roe v. Wade and Casey v. Planned Parenthood are going to be overturned at some point this year, as I said before, which means different things depending on where you live. So in some states, I don't have the list in front of me, but you can find it pretty easily by searching it on Google. Um, in some states, there are laws that will immediately go into effect to ban abortion to some degree. Some redder states, uh, I'm sure if you live like somewhere in the South or the Bible Belt or whatever, are going to have laws that immediately outlaw abortion, perhaps in all kinds of ways. Um, maybe there won't even be exceptions in some states. In other states, you may already have laws that protect abortions. If you live in a more liberal state, I think California or Oregon is one of those states, for example. Um, if you live in those states, then your right to an abortion is going to be protected, regardless of if Roe v. Wade is overturned or Casey v. Planned Parenthood is overturned. But this depends on your state laws. Please make sure in the coming months you are aware of what your state law is. I think it's probably a majority of countries that are not countries, a majority of states, sorry, that have laws that will immediately go into effect as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned that will restrict abortion. So it's good to know what is going to happen in your state. These laws could be very old. I know the one from Michigan is from like 1931 or something like that. Those laws can still go back into effect and you need to make sure that you know what is happening. Uh, make sure you're informed on your state laws. But regardless of laws, regardless of what state that you live in, I can already tell that organizations like Planned Parenthood and similar groups are going to struggle to function. This is because, I mean, cultural trends obviously impact groups like this quite a bit, but also in states that are going to outlaw abortions, it's going to get very difficult for those groups to exist really at all. Because again, Planned Parenthood offers more resources than just abortions. They help you Planned Parenthood. It's literally in the name. All the conservative propaganda against them is not to be believed. But these groups are going to have a hard time operating in the United States. Um, and that will likely have spillover effects into neighboring states as well, even states that have protections for abortion. It's only going to get more difficult regardless of where you live. But the best bet is to live in a state that has abortion protections, which isn't really an option for a lot of people, I will admit. And anyone that is arguing that, well, you can just move to another state if you don't like the laws is kind of ridiculous. Um, that's a stupid argument because regardless of where you live, you shouldn't have your rights taken away from you. Um, the lines that we draw between states aren't real. <laughs> like, like our state boundaries are not found in nature. I don't think that the interests of someone living in Ohio are really that different from someone living in, a, in Michigan, for example. Um, and living in one of those two states should not determine what civil rights that you have. Civil rights need to be universal, I would argue. Um, and saying otherwise is kind of ridiculous. But if recent laws are any indication of what's going to happen, uh, recent laws from states like Texas, Ohio... Uh, Oklahoma, Missouri, etc. 
the destruction of women's rights isn't going to just end with Roe v. Wade being overturned because we've seen a plethora of anti-abortion laws come out over the last year. And I would think that this trend is only going to continue, that women's rights are only going to be further deteriorated uh, over the next few months and years. And it's important that you're aware of the laws that currently exist in your state and you are in a position to make decisions for yourself if it ever comes to you needing an abortion or someone you know needing an abortion, etc. Um, all in all, make sure you know what's going on. Nothing is changing right now, but this news will ultimately cause a lot of outrage as it already has. Now, I want to get into a little bit, before I sign off, I want to get into a little bit of the responses so far from the left and from the right. Um, and we'll start with the right here. They've almost been in unison saying that the leak is going to destroy the integrity of the court. You'll notice that right now, although they're celebrating this, they're, they're ecstatic about hearing this news. A lot of what they're saying is like, oh my God, this is unprecedented because this is the first time, I think the first time either in modern history or ever that a, a an opinion from a judge has been leaked before it's actually been issued, before the court case has been decided. Um, it was the first time this has ever happened. And a lot of what conservatives are saying for some reason is like, oh my God, this leak is going to destroy the integrity of the court as if the court has really any integrity to begin with. Like, I don't really care that it was leaked. Like, yeah, this is unprecedented. It's a very big deal. But isn't the issue that they're going to be taking away abortion rights? I mean, this seems like a little bit of a misdirection from them. Um, but like I said, they also are ecstatic about this. I mean, you had Madison Cawthorn even tweeting something along the lines of like, because of Donald Trump, Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. Like they're celebrating this as if revoking civil rights is a good thing. Um, and the issue is so important, again, like I said, because it allows for them to literally do nothing for working class Americans while still winning votes. It allows them to campaign on something while harming a group that they know will never vote for them, really, in, 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 a, any, in any kind of major way. And it will allow them to deliver votes to themselves because they don't care about human suffering. In fact, the, they either enjoy human suffering or will use human suffering to their advantage in order to win uh, elections and get uh, their political agenda through. So lots of horrible people over there in that camp. Um, and they're also literally already saying things like the leaker is colluding with the radical left to intimidate Supreme Court justices and prevent them from overturning Roe v. Wade. Like if you're a Supreme Court justice, one of the most powerful people in the country, and you can be intimidated by a leaker, like I don't really know what to tell you at that point. I don't know who the leaker is. I don't know what their goal is, but I mean, their goal is certainly to cause outrage. But like I said, the Supreme Court is a political body just like Congress is, just like your state legislature, just like your school board, they can't be apolitical. They never have been apolitical. And this move to destroy Roe v. Wade should be treated with just as much anger and vitriol as if a congressperson was introducing legislation to do so. There's no difference. Rights are being taken away regardless. The, only, the actual only difference is that the Supreme Court doing it is honestly worse because this is just going to open the doors to all states being able to decide whatever the hell they want when it comes to abortion rights. And there's really nothing that the federal government can do or is willing to do in this instance because it would require them to have 60 votes in the Senate, which I'll get to. But the narrative from the right is undeniably going to be like the normal you can't murder babies. But also this leak is unprecedented and is going to destroy the integrity of the court. Nonsense. Don't listen to any of that. Now I want to get into a little bit of the rhetoric that I've seen coming from the left. 
Um, and then what I think the left needs to do in this situation. But we'll start with my critique first, just because I don't know. I'm the one speaking, I guess. Um, I my take is that I don't really care what your position on personhood is. Giving the state the power to control other people's bodies is psychotic. And you may be saying, okay, well, if the fetus is a person, then that is murder, right? It isn't murder if you are cutting off someone's access to your body's resources. For example, I'll, get, I'll give you an example. If you get into a car accident, that's your fault, right? 100% your fault. You hurt this other person and they need life support. Should the state be allowed to harvest one of your organs to support their life? The answer always has to be no. Regardless of if you cause the problem, regardless of if you cause this person to depend on you, the issue is should the state be allowed to decide that you have to use your body to save this person's life? Ridiculous. Like that is, that's like dystopia level stuff. That's 1984 George Orwin. We don't want that. And this is all within the context that the United States has one of the highest maternal mortality rates in the world, which is disproportionately worse among women of color, I will add. So the, the state forcing you to give birth is just absolutely insane. It's a death sentence for some people. And you may be saying like, well, there's still going to be medical exemptions. Will there be? I'm not so sure. We've already seen states move to not carve out uh, exemptions for rape or incest. Medical exemptions could be next. In fact, in Missouri, you specifically couldn't get a medical exemption if you were having an ectopic pregnancy, a pregnancy that's not even viable, by the way, because to them, as soon as an egg is fertilized, that is a human life. And once that human life has begun, in their mind, the life of the woman no longer matters. Again, you are simply a vessel for something else. You are seen as nothing more than a vessel for a new human. You cease having civil and political rights. That's what they think. And my broader critique here, um, and this goes along with my critique of the Supreme Court and Congress and literally any other political body, I want you, dear listener, to ask yourself, why do our political systems exist? What do our political systems exist for? My argument is that they have to exist to maximize positive outcomes and freedom for as many people as possible. And if our institutions are bending to minority voices, the voices of the minority of the population, and it is a minority, I will add again, about 70% of the country supports Roe v. Wade. And if our political institutions are bending to minority voices that want to cause immeasurable harm to people, something is deeply wrong. And that's always been the case in America. We've always been pretty far on the right with our Overton window because our political systems necessitate this kind of behavior and reward obstructionism, if I'm being honest. And it's the same with the Constitution. I don't care if some crisis that we're dealing with today wasn't explicitly outlined in a document that was made 300 years ago. We already know that this document is flawed. It's very obvious that this document is not very, not even very good, really. Um, what matters today is maximizing freedom for as many people as possible. And our political institutions should serve to make that goal as accomplishable as we can, as implementable as we as it can be. Some rights just have to be innate to human experience, to human life. And bodily autonomy has to be one of those rights. It has to be one of those rights that the state cannot violate. Um, and when I say that the harm is immeasurable, the harm is quite literally immeasurable. I mean, laws that go into effect following this ruling, uh, because again, it's probably going to be kicked back to the states is what the ruling is going to be. Laws that go into effect are going to 
at worst, just straight up kill women, and at best, honestly, just throw women into deeper poverty. Like, again, abortions are often motivated by your economic status. And if we're just going to force all women to go forward with birth, they're going to give birth to children that are then going to live in poverty that, the, that then Republicans won't give a fuck about. I mean, they're not pro-life. or they're not pro -life. They don't care about life. They're all about controlling women and winning elections based off of policies that just hurt people. And again, I've said this so many times on the pod. Outright bans on abortion will never stop abortions. It's only ever going to make it more dangerous for low-income people. And this is the same with a lot of things, by the way, like drugs, for example. We've talked about that on the pod as well, that you can, you can check that out in previous episodes. But in order to lower abortion rates, we have to have things like better sex education, uh, free and widely available contraceptives, funding for Planned Parenthood and similar organizations, and ultimately poverty-reducing economic policies. Again, Abortions happen because of economic depravity and lack of resources. Abortion rates will go down if we help people out economically. That's just how these trends work. You can put it onto a graph and you can see the line. Outright bans are only going to make this procedure more dangerous for those with less access to resources. Wealthy women are still going to be able to get abortions. People, rich men and their mistresses are still going to be the ones getting the abortions. It's only going to hurt poor people and it's only going to make it more dangerous for poor people. Now, I want to get on to some more takes from the left that I want you all to look out for and to keep in mind as we navigate, again, the inevitable media ecosystem that spawns from this issue. I've already seen some commentary of people blaming the radical left or blaming Bernie for this issue somehow. If you see that, that is absolutely insane. The radical left and Bernie have done nothing but advocate for abortion rights. They've done nothing but fight for people to keep their civil rights. Um, and if anything, blame Ruth Bader Ginsburg for not stepping down sooner so that Obama could have appointed a, another Democrat-appointed judge and we wouldn't have had Amy Coney Barrett in the Supreme Court right now. Blame her, if anything, for causing this to happen. Or please, for the love of God... Blame the entirety of the Republican Party for, again, ubiquitously being against women having the ability to regulate their own bodies. Because it is them. And this kind of left infighting is not going to help. Blaming people on the radical left is not going to help when we're the ones that have staunchly been standing with civil rights the entire time. Another thing to look out for is anybody that is saying, well, this is just evidence we need to go and vote. I will urge you all to vote. It's very important. I'll include a link in the description uh, that will take you to a website that can register you to vote in whatever state that you may reside in. It's vital to vote. I'm not one of those leftists that say you need to opt out of voting altogether because there is a real difference between liberalism and fascism. And in my opinion, that difference is often thousands, if not millions of lives, or in this case, abortion rights. Um, but you'll see center-left types pretty commonly try to say, well, we just need to go and vote for more Democrats as a way to diffuse or defang salient critiques of our political systems. Don't let them do this to you because it is very important for you to critique, for us to critique our political systems and offer solutions so that th these kinds of problems don't arise in the future. And them saying, well, all you need to do is go and vote is a way to take the power away from arguments that would yield better results in the future. Center-left Democrats love our political institutions. They just don't love our uh, or the outcomes that those political institutions deliver sometimes, but they don't want systemic change. They need to understand that people operate within structures. 
within incentive structures, within systems, the systems that we create for ourselves. And those systems exert their influence over you much more than you will ever exert your influence over it. Society has an enormous influence on who you are as a person. And the structures that we live by also have an enormous influence on you. Not to say that agency doesn't exist, not to say that free will doesn't exist, it certainly does. But that is to say that the systems that we build for ourselves, our political and economic systems, guide the way that we behave in general. And if we want to reach better results, we got to build new systems. So do not let people in the center left say just go and vote as a way to take away from your salient arguments about systemic critiques and systemic changes that we can make. Now, wrapping up here, my conclusion here is that and the thing that I think everyone needs to take away from this issue, first and foremost, is that the Republican Party is quite literally anti-freedom. They do not care about individual freedom in any kind of way, specifically if you are a woman and if you are a person of color and if you are a, a member of the LGBTQ or any other minority group, they don't care about your freedom. And this is the narrative, this is the simple narrative that Democrats literally have to run on, is that Republicans will take away your freedom if they are given more political power. They are quite literally willing to go to the end of the world if it means they can make life harder for women and live and win political points with their base. That's all they care about. That's literally all they care about. They will destroy every civil right that they can get their grubby little mitts on if it means it will deliver them political power. And I just want to make the point because you can't ignore this. They don't care about small government. They want a ginormous government that will do their bidding, will do things like prioritizing the rich while oppressing women, LGBTQ, people of color, and anyone else that gets in the way of their agenda. They don't care about small government. They don't care about freedom. My other conclusion is really, I mean, what comes next? I mean, if Roe v. Wade was decided egregiously wrong in Samuel Alito's mind, was Brown v. Board wrong? Was uh, was Obergefell v. Hodges wrong? Was Loving v. Virginia wrong? Are we going to undo all civil rights now because we need to kick them back to the states to let them decide because apparently states can't oppress people in any way that the federal government can? Is that really what we're going to do? I mean, it seems like they just want to use states' rights as a way to take away as many civil rights as possible in places like Texas, Oklahoma, Florida, etc. Now, if you're like me, this makes you very upset. This situation, the revocation of civil rights, is something that makes you literally furious. Um, and you're going to be asking, like, well, what can I do? What can I do to contribute to making the world better, to advocating against this, to ensuring that um, this decision never happens or doesn't have too big of an impact on other people? And it's very easy to get caught up in the news cycle and feel hopeless, really, to feel like you have no power to impact the world. Um, but I want to offer a few tangible things that you can do to take your abstract critiques of the system and put them into motion, because I think that is the most important part here. Uh, first, you can find organizations to donate to that will distribute funds to women in need or people that have wombs in need. We should be inclusive here. Um, I will try to find some to link in the description before this comes out, but I don't think I'll have time. So just keep a lookout. I'm sure lots of creators will start to come up with things like link trees like they did during the protests and for BLM in 2020. Um, I'm sure people will come up with link trees that have a bunch of different organizations you can donate to. I would encourage you to give what you can. Obviously, don't give excessively if you can't do that. Um, you got to make sure you're putting food on the table for yourself first. But that is one thing that you can do. I'll also say, perhaps most importantly, participate in dis the discourse that will pop up around this and do it strategically. Because the left, 
should not be shying away from this issue. This is a winning issue for us. This is one about civil rights. It's one about bodily autonomy. It's one about the government involving itself in your reproductive health. It is a wildly unpopular move from the right. It always has been a wildly unpopular stance that they've had. It is one that we should pounce on and not let them get away with because their appeal is always going to be, well, it's murdering babies. It's murdering babies. That's all you want to do is kill babies. When we know it's much more nuanced than that. And it actually has nothing to do with murdering babies and has everything to do with the state's ability to regulate your body. What we need to do here, in my opinion, is participate in this discourse, engage with it, and do it strategically. It's going to be very easy to get very upset and riled up when people like Ben Shapiro are doing like the look at all the mad SJW liberals kind of thing that he always does. It's easy to get upset about that, and I know that. Make sure you are tactful in your responses. Um, all of you that are listening, I'm sure, are very smart people and know how to engage in discourse, and it's important that we do it um, because, again, we can't let them get away with this. And this isn't a winning issue for them, in my humble opinion. Um, and a very important thing to do in terms of discourse is platform stories and experiences of those that have struggled with reproductive health in the past. I think that these stories are going to resonate the most. Um, it's important to give these people a chance to speak because that's who the, this is who it will directly impact, uh, women, those with wombs, etc. So it's important to platform these people and also just speak your mind when you can. Um, our goal on the left is always to prioritize uh, human rights as much as possible, and this is really the time for us to be talking as loudly as we can. Um, other things you can do, I'm sure there'll be lots of protests that popped up. I think there was already protests in D.C. like last night. There definitely will be today. Um, participate in those if you can, if you're able and you have time to do so. I'm sure there will be lots of opportunities for this over the next few months, perhaps when the decision actually gets made. Um, I'm sure I'll be out on the streets too protesting this. Participate in that if you can, um, and make sure you're staying safe, most of all, and probably don't broadcast when you're going to be doing these things. Um, just, you know, you never know what social media is 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 keeping track of the things that you're saying. So just be careful. Um, you know how the police has a way of trying to thwart any kind of collective action. Most importantly, uh, perhaps most importantly, make sure to take care of yourself. Um, this is a very scary time to be in America and really anywhere around the world, because this isn't just a trend in America, unfortunately. Uh, make sure to take care of yourself and know when to rest, because politics, take it from someone who deals with it all the time, politics can be very exhausting, can be something that takes a lot out of you, makes you feel very hopeless, makes you feel very small in a world that is constantly changing, constantly moving. Make sure to take care of yourself, engage when you can, know when to take a break. It's okay to turn your phone off. It's okay to log out of Twitter. It's okay to not be replying to people that don't know what they're talking about on TikTok. Take your time, engage when you can, and be strategic about it. Um, again, it's, it's a scary time to be someone that is targeted by these campaigns against reproductive rights. Um, the attacks on women, on those that are able to reproduce, it's terrifying and I hope that we do everything we can to push back against this because, again, it's a winning issue for the left. Um, the right very clearly doesn't understand why abortions happen at all. Uh, all they want to do is inflict punishment for political points and also because they like human suffering. Um, so I hope that this gave you a good summary of what's going on. Um, remember, do not panic over this kind of thing. Um, there's a lot to worry about, and I think you should worry, but don't panic too much. Uh, try not to spiral. There's still time to push back against this and do something about it. I know the Democratic Party doesn't seem very competent when it comes to this issue because they've had a majority in Congress and haven't done anything 
really at all, but also uh, in this context, hasn't really done anything to enshrine abortion rights. Throughout the last 50 years, when they've had power several times, we've just relied on the Supreme Court case that we should have known was going to be pushed back against at some point. But my point here is that make sure you take care of yourself, make sure you stay safe, make sure you're engaging in this discourse as much as you can. Um, and uh, yeah, good luck out there. See you guys soon.